namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samputassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samputassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma samputassa buddhang dhammang sankhang namasami So Gabriel has come and with the intent to uh, join the community. And I was thinking about that, how, what a huge commitment that might end up being. If all worked out, then he's here for a minimum of seven years. That's minimum. And if I don't release him from <laughs> Messiah, could be 17 years. For 27 years. <laughs> and and he comes here, and what does he do? He feeds us. They're beautiful. Isn't that? And you come here, rather than saying, where's my room? And the Zafu. Uh, rather, kind of, what can I... He brings food from Montreal and makes this really special meal for us. And I could just see his face. He was happy. A beautiful happiness. And that's a, that's that's a, that's the way to start, isn't it? The first, in the graduated uh, teaching, the Buddha offers us the first thing he says is generosity, uh, and and that's something that is uh, beautiful. This is very beautiful, and the benefits are for us. We we, uh, we live by the gifts of others, and that's something that we should always reflect on and remember. And then the beauty of the giver, the joy of the person who's offering, and and that's so central to our life, so so central to our hearts that this way of practice, if you don't have that, it's like Ompasamedo says, you have uh, brain surgery without anesthesia. You start always trying to sort out your problems or things like that. And these ways of the heart are. Uh, very, very important. So, uh, and I didn't know if Gabriel knew that chant. He already knew that chant. So there's really very, very wholesome uh, qualities there. Very good qualities, and it's I think it's fortunate that we have a monastery in near Quebec, uh, in Ontario, where young men can manifest these good qualities and, and allow these good qualities to grow. So our practice is that, isn't it? Our practice is the uh, cultivation of the wholesome that's already a part of our minds, our lives, our habits, and the increasing of that that's already there. And then bringing into consciousness new, new skills, new wholesome actions, new ways of being that are skillful and promoting those and then the abandoning of those negative qualities which tend to haunt our minds and obsess our minds and make suffering and then preventing uh, habits and attitudes that would be negative and be harmful to ourselves and others and that's what we mean by practice so practice obviously isn't just meditation so sometimes that word can be very limited in the Western sense. How is your practice? So you, people are talking about their Zafu practice. 
But it's much broader than that. Much, much broader than that. It's all the time. It's all the time. And, and so this life is designed to that. And we're very fortunate. It's, it's designed to, for mindfulness and awareness and cultivating of the wholesome. And that, that attitude of generosity is something that needs to be gener- generosity and, and, and gratitude, Katanya Kativedi, needs to be continually remembered because it's very easy to take this for granted. Uh, we're quite wealthy. We have everything we want. Um, we have vehicles. We get taken to dentists or doctors without any question. And we have food, we have shelter, we have beautiful boots and lovely coats. And too many woolly hats in stores. <laughs> or whatever we've got. <laughs> uh, we have someone like Niroso looking out for us and being willing to drive here, there, and everywhere. And we have Venerable Chemico who undertakes so much work to make this possible. And then our Siri does what counts, and Jagaro can fix anything. And <laughs> Siri Nato takes responsibility, the Anagarikas take care of us. So we take care of each other. And, and to always to kind of try to remember that heart quality of our of our community. Um, but certainly we can get it up, you know, we can get on each other's nerves, uh, and get, each, you know, get irritated at each other, whatever, not, not that it's that much, but who else are you going to get irritated with? <laughs> We've only got each other to be irritated with. It's just the nature of community. If you were married, you'd be irritated with your partner. So irritation and uh, aversion and these kinds of things, they manifest around what's around. They're not, they're not abstract, they focus and project onto people and things. And that's a part of our life, that's the witnessing of the unwholesome but not believing in it. The witnessing of the unskillful but not believing in it, not feeding it, not, not uh, making it stronger. But it has to come up. You know, think, you, you, you know, I'm sure Gabriel's not so naive to think he's going to like everyone all the time. I think he was down to liking only one person, right? And then Christopher sorted that out for him. (laughs) So, and that's okay. It's okay to dislike. But uh, irritation is different than hatred, isn't it? I can be annoyed at someone, but I don't hate them, do I? It's a huge, huge difference. And hatred is something that needs to be, you need to think hateful thoughts. Whereas uh, annoyance or anger, these are, these are just human um, responses to stresses and pressures and so on. But a mind which is tending or thinking hateful thoughts is a different kind of a mind, isn't it? So our intention with each other is always one of goodwill. Whatever um, differences I might have with someone, uh, my my underlying intention is is goodwill. May you be free from suffering. You know, you, you irritate me right now, but may you be free from suffering. I really would not rather talk with you right now, but may you be free from suffering all the time. May you be free from suffering. And these are these are things to make conscious, because the let me see, I've got three of those left. Mm. Okay, right. Uh, 
the the tendency is just to dwell in habit, isn't it? Just you know, if you feel if you're negative towards someone, yeah, he did this and he did that, and they did this and they did that, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the habits of of uh, a lifetime, whatever, however long your lifetime is, um, and and to awaken to those without repression. Without repression, how do you how do you do that? How do you attenuate? How do you lessen those negative tendencies? Well, to some extent, you go to the positive. But you know, I was thinking about these these habits of mind that everyone gets caught up into in your mind is just you know thinking um, of low level aversion thoughts or kind of low level doubt thoughts or high-level excited thoughts, you know, it's just the mind always just going to the self, to the sense of self and picking up on, on the mood of the mind and just always being. It's kind of like when we have these ice storms and, and you just can't get any traction, you just keep slipping, you just can't, you can't grab. And when you're trying to grab, you're basically trying to grab the present moment. That's the, that's the basis of our, of our uh, right effort is awakeness to the present moment and that and the mind if it's not trained with samadhi or something it just keeps going into thought just over and over again about the future about the past resentments self-doubt self-disparagement why did I do this they shouldn't have done that and that's all in thought so how to how to put the cleats on how to get into the present moment is a basic question of this life because you have to keep doing that you have to keep kind of grounding yourself in the present moment rather than just slipping like a car slipping on ice where you're just gunning the wheels and you're just slipping not getting anywhere so what's the way to do that? how do you do that? I don't know I mean, you don't have to answer <laughs> uh, but what, what is your way of, of grounding into the present moment? not, not your technique for meditation but do you, do you have a way where you make the intention to ground yourself into the present moment? Or is your mind just always thinking? You know, so you walk from here to your kuti and you're, you're thinking about building projects or the argument you had or um, something you're going to shop for, you're going to buy or plan. Or are you really awake and present to walking from A to B? Do you make intentions to walk from A to B in a sense of presence? Because you have to make those intentions. That's part of right effort. You have to make those intentions. Um, and then, do you do you um, do you sustain those intentions? So it's okay to wake up in the morning. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to be more mindful of walking from A to B, and then forget about it until the next day. So you have to not only make intention, and you have to then sustain intention. And if the intention is not, you're not based on becoming. Being present to the way things are is not a becoming, is it? It's not you're trying to be a different person, uh, but you're you're just getting a grip on life. What, what, what is this moment like? Hmm? So that's important. You might just kind of look at your own day, this day, tomorrow. Uh, how how awake are you, moment by moment? And uh, do you have a strategy for? Uh, establishing the awake mind in this moment and then do you have a strategy for remembering that and sustaining that that would be important in right practice that's not just on your cushion obviously it's cooking it's 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 
A lot of our life is just very mundane, very, very ordinary, waiting for me to come to a talk or um, kind of waiting for the meal or washing or whatever. It's all, you know, it's, there isn't that much stress in this life. Um, so because there's no stress, you can, you can just trip out into thought. And then, and then if, you, if you do make those intentions, um, then there's more chance that you'll see where your where your 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 attention goes, where your thinking mind goes, how the sense of self is created. If you make no intentions that way, you just run in in the habit loops that are conditioned into the mind. You know, there's there's uh, many ways to do it. One way is to just bring forth, um, because much of, much of thought is negative. And heedless. So if you find, if you find a lot of a lot of your mind is aversion, resentment, self-doubt, um, fearful states of mind, uh, complaining, and you know there's that whole spectrum of negativity. Then simply do more metta bhavana. Quite simply, it's very simple. You just make the intention to like go through the room before meditation. Uh, I do that quite often. I did it today. Just go and go through. You can do seniority from the top to the bottom, or from the bottom to the top. You don't have to. But actually, like, think of your brothers and sister, uh, and think, yeah, may you be well, and dwell on that, and then yeah, and may you be well, yeah, and may you be well, and may you be well. And that takes effort. That takes effort. You're not trying to manufacture some false sense of some smarmy sense of love, it's just like goodwill. And that effort uh, is some aspect of samadhi. Simple, it's simple, but you have to make the intention to do it. And if you found, you know, you, if you really made a stronger intention, you could do it each time we come together. We come together at morning puja, come together at breakfast, lunch, evening puja. There you go. There's four, four chances and do the same practice. And that might only take five minutes, go through five minutes. But if you did it for a year consistently and with sincere intention, the effect would be incredibly wholesome. Incredibly wholesome. Wouldn't take much, but it'd be very, very wholesome. Very. I'm not saying that you don't do this already, but as a suggestion of a lifestyle where the intention is to bring forth the wholesome in these very ordinary ways, rather than just a kind of vague intention, I'm going to try to be mindful. So some kind of strategies and, and, and specific practices, and then doing it for a long time. Seven years, or 17 years, whatever. 27 years. <laughs> but you imagine the, what, what effect that's going to have on your mind if you can do that, and you can do that. It's not difficult. Which is different than like sitting down and doing an hour of some samadhi practice that can be very, very powerful. But this is like in the ordinariness of our life, in the everydayness of our life, bringing forth something so beautiful. So imagine if you did that four times a day for five minutes. It's 20 minutes. Okay. So half an hour a day you do that. Uh, try it for a year. What's going to be different? First of all, you forget to do it, or you won't, you won't, you won't be inspired to do it in the first place. But to actually do it for a year, well, that would take what? 
you develop aditana. You develop determination, right? Because you'd have to remember to do it. So you develop the, 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 the capacity to recollect some practices. And, and sati has a sense of recollection. When you recollect some kind of practice you're going to do. Right? So add all that up, half an hour, and you have like aditana, determination. And what does determination do for you? When you're determining to live this life well, the determination gives you joy. It gives you a sense of, I'm earning my own food here. You know, that, that poutine, I'm earning that today. <laughs> uh, and it's true. You, you, if you don't, if you don't, if you just allow the mind just to dwell in habit, you don't really feel good about yourself. You might not feel bad about yourself, but there isn't the kind of vitality of, well, why are we here? Why, why are we here? And, and the vitality of actually um, receiving the alms we get with um, honor, with, with a sense of responsibility. You know, we, are, you know, we have responsibilities. We get everything for free. But, it, you know, we have a responsibility to that, don't we? So when we do these kinds of things in, in, in our path, they're, they're small things, but they add up. And then seven years, if you do that for seven years, the results are very profound. They're very profound. And this is what our monastic life is based on. It's based on, on these um, very simple reflections, contemplations, acting on them, thinking through them, um, pondering them, but being, being active with them rather than just being conclusions that you agree to. And I, I could agree that metta bhavana is a good thing and to be kind and every now and then to be kind to my brothers but that's not that's not being a monk that's just being ordinary but being a monk has a higher higher um, demand on us doesn't it so then take all the reflections we have say like the reflections on gratitude katanyu katadedi uh, that needs to be active too you know, yeah can't tend to to spend some time each day like just to think the heat in this room is possible because the lay people pay for the propane because Ajahn Kuslo put together the plan while he had cancer uh, because uh, someone cleaned it and so on and so forth so just that, just the simple warmth of this room and the light bulbs. That came because of the generosity of the lay people and the goodness of the lay people. Now we all know that, and we all can agree to that, but to actually make that an active reflection in the mind is different. Because this life can become very passive and just, yeah, it's, yeah there's light here, great. Or complain about it or whatever, but, but actually, yeah, I mean, it's warm because Anoma pays for the bills, <laughs> right? Uh, or, or whatever, whatever it is. So, Katanya Katavedi, to bring forth uh, gratitude and then to act on that gratitude. That's what Katanya Katavedi. Lompaliam talks a lot. I, I don't understand Thai very well, but when I hear Lompaliam, uh, his Dhamma talks quite often, there's a lot of that in his Dhamma talks. Katanya Katavedi. 
It's not that we're ungrateful, right? I'm not saying that, but sometimes we're too passive, and then and then we we kind of we don't you know, we don't we don't make that active. But if we make it active, then we're much more careful with the things we have, with our alms pool, with the food that we have. And I'm not saying we we're not, but to to see that if I make that an active component of my reflective life, and it is a reflective life, and I like as I eat, my, like in our reflections on alms food, which maybe we could introduce that one that Ajahn Menindo uses. But you know, we don't we don't do the active reflection on gratitude. We do the reflection on why uh, um, for and We use alms food not for fun and so on, but also in your own you know in your own mind to say, yeah, this food was prepared by the Anagarikas or Milena or Nirasa or whoever and it was brought by people and uh, Arindam made the carrot juice or, and, and to kind of look at that and say oh thank you thank you rather than oh that carrot was too big Arinda uh, you should have got a smaller carrot I mean it wasn't decorative at all <laughs> right the complaining mind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, oh yeah, this is, someone made this effort and made this food. So sometimes we'll joke about food, but deep down in our hearts, that, that sense, yeah, I can practice because there's this effort put forth. People have uh, done this for us. And again, if you do that for breakfast and lunch and tea time, okay, there's three times a day, it takes five minutes, not much. Do that for seven years. Do that for seven years, every day, every day, every day. Sincerely, not just as a kind of parrot talk, because that's what you're supposed to do, but sincerely bring forth gratitude. And that sincerity, we can do that, that's part of our practice. And we can, we can as, as conscious beings, we can use reflection. We can bring forth wholesome thought and allow that to affect us. And the result is happy. Uh, conversely, our habits can very easily go into kind of complaining or wishing it was other than it was or, or thinking I could do better or whatever like that. And, and that has an effect too. So do that for seven years, it's going to be the effect. Yeah, obviously. Now this isn't to say that you like everything. And liking, is, and, liking and disliking is not a reflection. It's a response from habit to or from, from our, our biology. I don't like the cold, so I put on a coat. I don't like uh, slivers in my finger, wood slivers, so I take them out. So there's that, liking and disliking. But this is reflective, right? Or liking and disliking are not reflective, they're just natural, nothing wrong with them. So if I, if I don't like something, I'm not trying to suppress uh, disliking by liking. That's not reflection, is it? I should like everyone here. No, no, that's not it. Even if I dislike someone for some period of time, so disliking is a mood, it arises and ceases, I can not take it personally, and then I can try to shift my mind. I don't, I don't like this person right now, I don't like that habit or that behavior, whatever, but, but, this is a seminar, this is a, a lay person, they're practicing Dhamma, may they be free from suffering. And that, that takes us above the liking and disliking mind, the preferential mind. It's beautiful. It's beautiful behavior. And it has, it has very good results. 
but you can see that these are these are things that are are not merely attitude uh, opinions we have. They're attitudes we cultivate. That's what our life is based upon. These these very very skillful wholesome attitudes, day in and day out, day in and day out. And obviously, sometimes we're not there. We're in a mood that is just too crushing, or with some horrible states of mind that haunt us. And then we need to take care of each other. Then someone just can't. You know, can't do it. We say, that's all right, we'll, t- we'll still take care, we'll still take feed you, because you're still keeping the precepts, you're still trying. So we don't even demand it of each other. You know, you should be grateful and love me all the time. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that at all. It's much, much more mature, much more beautiful. So how to get traction? Well, how, how do you get traction? Well, um, just a thought. Three ways to get traction into the present moment. One is through sense of self. So, as you're muttering, as your mind is creating some mood, or thinking some habitual thought, if you have the presence of mind to inquire, okay, there is complaining as a process, is there a complainer? That gives traction. Trying to get rid of the complaining mind doesn't give you traction. It's still the complaining mind because it's thought. So when you when you have the sense of presence to inquire into the complainer or the worrier or the fantasizer, you'll see, of course, then there's nothing there. There's silence, and that gives you traction. Whereas if you're just trying to get rid of thought, or you're just lost in it, there's no traction, you're just slipping on ice. But if you have the presence of mind to say, okay, yeah, yeah, there is annoyance, there is awareness, but is there a being that is annoyed? Am I annoyed? Is there something there? And that sense of querying or questioning is very alive with attention, with presence, very alive. Now, if you're foolish enough to try to find someone, then, then you don't understand. Then you shouldn't be here. <laughs> you don't get it. But if you're not foolish enough to try to find someone, just use that heightening of attention. And well, where is the sense of I? That's a hook into the present moment. That's cleats on the ice, and you're in the present, and you're in silence. You're not trying to find someone. Silence is always there, and that's present. So that's one way to do it. Another way is time. That's the one I use a lot. So you, so you say to yourself, again, you have to come to the present moment. So your mind is constantly moving to the future, planning something or worrying about something. Then at some point you notice and say, when's the next moment? When's the next moment? Mind goes silent. I tried this on two people that were here yesterday. They didn't get it. <laughs> she said to me, I don't get it. Oh, yeah. But hopefully, if you do it right now, when's the next moment? You see how that grips into the present moment and you're with silence? So they're doing the same thing. Self, time, space. 
Is there a center to awareness? Is there a boundary to awareness? Same silence, isn't it? You're in the present you get your cleats on. <laughs> Self, time, space. And these how the sense of delusion manifests around that. I am someone going somewhere doing something and I shouldn't have done what I did. It's that on this time, me, time, and then identity and location, I'm here, I'm in this body. So you hear, you hear the sound of the wind, listen, is there a center, is there a boundary? When did that end? When does the wind begin? So these are ways you can you can heighten uh, awareness without without desire. Because what we're what we need to be aware of, we need to be aware of non-desire. It's something we're not, we don't tend to be aware of non-desire. We tend to be try to get rid of desire or get something, but to be aware of non-desire. So when you ask that question, you could get caught in desire. When is the next moment? But if you don't, you just know, so this is non-desire, presence. Is there a center? and be aware of non-desire, end of desire, non-desire. So then we're not seeking an object anymore, because all objects are unsatisfactory. All experience is not where it's at. We live in experience, we need objects. But that's not, that's not where we find peace or freedom. So as we, as we live our lives and we do all these things, if we build up these very wholesome attitudes that bring joy of, of, of kindness and compassion and, and uh, um, responsibility, you know, being responsible for this, then our hearts are more attuned to these more subtle possibilities of silence. But if, if, if we're just kind of not putting wholesome things into the mind to, uh, to, bring, to make it buoyant and uplifted and, and give it these kind of more uh, happy qualities or more vibrant qualities, and that's very hard to do because the, the the gravity of habit just kind of pulls you down into the depths of the kind of haunting parts of the mind. We're just distracted all the time, always distracted into the whatever. Doesn't have to be necessarily negative, and just be just distracted. So we want to be able to bring our attention into that deep silence. Seems to me, and and be able to use these more subtle ideas of say, self-time-space, and, and the, the kind of mundane things of, of lots of metta-bhavana, lots of sense of gratitude, uh, serving, serving with joy rather than with just a kind of dry sense of duty. It's my duty to do this. 
So not just dragging ourselves around because it's our deity, but rather putting vitality into it. All of those build a foundation for these more subtle kinds of inquiries. And that's very interesting, actually. It's very, very interesting. It's not about you just sorting out your, um, or any of us sorting out our negative emotions. It's much more interesting than that. So the year is sort of winding up, I suppose, that's what we say. And we're starting to have more responsibilities and duties to um, keep this place going. So do, do be encouraged to, to see that as your dana. How can I make this? And I, I think everyone does this sincerely, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing, but keep, keep that attitude alive. How, what can I do to make, to make this a, a good place for, for those who are here, for myself and others? And obviously by coming to meetings, being on time, not being late, doing one's duties without you know, having to be told to do them, doing them well, doing them thoroughly, doing them carefully, as Ajahn Chah would ask us to do. Um, that kind of effort, uh, constantly, uh, a joyous thing, right? Uh, then, then this life is very, very fulfilling, uh, as opposed to doing my practice, whatever one might think about that. This is the practice. All right, I'll leave that for your reflection. <clears throat> Oh, uh-huh.